0: Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow.
1: Ready to form Canarchy. Activate interlocked. Dinotherms connected. Infra cells are up. Mega thrusters are go. Deep Ellum and Perrin form feet and legs. Cigar City and Three Weavers form arms and body. And Oscar Blues forms the head. Go Canarchy Collective! Okay. Maybe we went a little overboard with the Voltron joke, but it does seem appropriate for this brand of brewers who have some of our favorite beers. It's Canarchy today. So while we might not form a blazing sword, we'll at least have a drink. (laughs)
0: Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Frazier.
0: And I'm Christopher Walker.
2: Still still no Casey. Still no Casey, but that Voltron intro brought me so much joy.
1: Man, you know how much fun it is to like start shouting these things,
2: knowing the neighbors are in the hallway going, what the hell are they doing there? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I watched way too much Voltron as a child, so... I could get most of that from memory. I had to, uh, I had to look up a little bit of that. I had to go watch
1: like, the intro. You sent it to me, but I had to get the cadence. Like I was like, I, I, I watched some Voltron growing up, but it wasn't like you know my jam.
2: So I had to get a refresher.
0: Someone seen the I new would, one on Netflix? I have. I've also watched that. Is it good.
2: Uh, starts good. It's about like three or four good seasons of six. Hmm. So. All right uh it turned, it, it, on the whole it seems to be good then, yeah, just at a certain point when you start stop losing interest- you start losing interest in the the thing he's like yeah, maybe it's time to stop, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's still pretty fun uh it's fun, uh so we
1: I, this is weird because it's a time travel episode uh these happen occasionally uh there there's been another one So, I guess Drinking Games was a time travel episode, and it wasn't brought up, Um, but this is a time travel episode, so we are currently, while this is out, we're homeless, and I'm living in a hotel in
2: Danville, and Brittany's living with her sister. (laughs) Oh, I didn't realize you were having to live in Danville. I'm so sorry. The, The sprawling
1: cityscape of Danville.
2: I, I can pee from one end of, an, of Danville to the other.
1: It's a lot bigger than Mount Sterling. Look, I don't get oh, to no. go fancy places for work like uh, some people we know. I, I go to Danville.
0: I have a different boss now. And, I'm never going to fancy places for work again.
1: And and Mount
2: Sterling. <laughs> Even Emmett laughed at that one. <laughs> He's like, in fancy places like Mount Sterling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dad, Daddy's just crying himself to sleep. Technically,
0: That's... the only fancy place I got to go was Philadelphia.
2: Mm. Were you born and raised? <laughs> not in West Philadelphia.
0: <laughs> no. where I got to have authentic cheesesteak and it was amazing. Actually,
2: still super He's jealous like, of that. Isn't there cheesesteak? Uh, it's cheesesteak. Isn't there cheesesteak like cheese whiz cheese, or is it?
0: Yeah. Ah, no, you have to go to like certain places. Prefer that, and certain places don't. The one I went to did not have the cheese whiz.
2: Some
1: do cheese with some do this weird jar liquid stuff. Or is no, that some just nickel. do
0: like regular ass like the slices. White? Yeah, yeah. Mm. the place I went to was good. What to say? Okay. My
2: my thought would be why pick? Why not just go through all of the cheeses you have and just blah,
1: melt it? See, that's me when I go to uh, Penn State. I
2: said that's me when I make grilled cheese. You oh, gotta, do you have some? Have some Pepper Jack and some, uh, I don't know, Colby. Just put those together in one sandwich. This is going to go good.
0: After having that fancy grilled cheese at um, uh, a, a local bar here, oh, yeah. I don't think I could ever have a grilled cheese again without Gruyere on it. Oh, yeah. Because I'm not spoiled now. <laughs> it's like the best have
2: cheese. It. Haven't you done well?
1: Gruyere's good. Havarti means it's time to party.
2: <laughs> mm. So creamy, soft in your mouth. Just, just right. Just, just. I was speaking of, of overly decadent food that should be simple. Um, I was telling my boss about the the Modern Rogue episode of uh, where they make the 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 Big Mac essentially. Mmm. Like they they hand make. Yeah. You know all that like they, like they hand grind their their oh, yeah. their meat and all that, and I started explaining it. He goes like, "It's just a Big Mac. It is, but." They do everything individually. They, like, oh, I want that, but without all the work it takes to make it. Yeah, it's, it's like again. it's oh, it's
0: just a Big Mac, but it looked amazing, <laughs> like yeah. actually homemade sauce and like ground, like grinding the beef your damn self. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your damn self. Your damn. Self.
1: All right, and uh, right here's where we would uh, put in our news segment, but again. Uh, it has its own show now, and you've not had it for a week or two.
2: It'll so be back. It, it's coming we, back. We just we just need to all be able to record to yes. to do it. Otherwise, it's just the Bob show, and <laughs> don't no one want that?
1: Yeah, and it will be back with a hundred percent more Casey. Uh, all shows will be with one hundred percent more Casey. And we know it's what you've been clamoring for. It, it it's what it's what podcast listeners crave. Mm-hmm. Apparently, since everyone keeps asking me about it.
0: i don't know they they need
1: someone with like actual input makes me feel like the hash brown on the side of this whole platter
2: yeah but that means i'm like poorly made grits on the side of the platter then Mm, man i'll take grits
1: however they come poorly made the microwavable microwavable
2: ones like i
1: i don't care grits or grits i like them Mm. but uh (laughs) speaking of grits i believe we have a topic (laughs) (laughs)
0: I dare anyone
1: to defy me on, on the transition. If you can find a way.
0: No no, I can that just be our our, our segues from now on? <sighs> just whatever the hell is in my Speaking head. Speaking of medical marijuana, now into what we're drinking. Like I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, uh that, don't that's worry. actually relatable, just... but here...
2: I was just hearing, we're not that drunk, and I had to take a deep breath of, like,
1: (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, again, uh, spoiler, we've recorded, like, three episodes
2: in a row. We are that drunk. It's been a while since we've done that, and it didn't end well that time.
1: Yeah, last time, I think we talked to this before, last time was Prohibition, and um, I'm I'm pretty sure everyone remembers about how that third Prohibition episode (laughs) went. Or at least you you all do, we don't. (laughs)
2: You can tell about halfway through the second episode. Uh oh. Words—they've are... hit the tipping point. <laughs>
1: Words start, yeah. Words start being slurred, and it's, it's not good when when you're trying to read from a script and suddenly the script starts like doubling and tripling in front of your face.
2: The script turns into a giant lizard that takes you through <laughs> Candy Crush Mountain and into Kumquat River. <laughs> I had a different experience than you guys. I don't know. I, I apparently anyway uh, let's get on to the topic founded in tw- uh, 2015, Can canarchy I have to say it that way because it's capitalized in the can <laughs> capitalized in the can is the name of <laughs> something you're too drunk to make a reference uh, it's the name of my sir mix-a-lot cover band there you oh, go there you go uh Anyway, it's a disruptive collective of like-minded brewers dedicated to bringing high-quality, innovative flavors to drinking in the name of independent craft beer. I can't take anything seriously when I see disruptive in front of it. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. I watched too much uh, Silicon Valley in the first couple seasons. (laughs) The good seasons. Yeah. Yeah, Like, we're here to disrupt the—and we're here to change the world. That's what every one of you say wasn't that one of the jo- that was the joke when they're it's at- a joke in the first episode. It's yeah. like Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the portfolio of craft breweries is partially funded by Fire Yeah, Fireman Capital Partners. Uh Fireman
1: being the uh like CEO of Fireman Capital Partners. His last name is Fireman. I can't I'll re- oh. oh, stop my I should have I should have put it in here. It's like Dan Fireman.
2: That's weird. <laughs> and you're like, "What?" Well, you know, Cooper the last yeah. name of someone who's whose family way back when made barrels. I don't know what firemen used to do. Burn things weird down one. or put fires out. I'm not sure. Anyway, this includes uh Oscar Oh, pardon. Oscar Blues Brewery, Perrin Brewing uh Company, Cigar City Brewing, Squatters Craft Beers, and Wasatch Brewery, Deep Elm Brewing Company, and Three, oh, Three Weavers Brewing. Oh, Sorry. Uh, I I ate and drank. Don't eat and drink, kids. It leads oh wait. <laughs> leads to living. You it don't want lead. that. <laughs> well, in 2018, Kanerky was ranked number 8 on the uh uh Brewers Association's list of top 50 craft breweries ranked by sales volume, having produced 421,000 one uh, two hundred and twenty-two barrels. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's what BBL yep. S is abbreviation for. They were voted Craft Brewery of the Year by Brewbound in 2018, and the collective provides craft beer to 50 U.S. states, Washington D.C., and parts of 17 countries spanning five continents. I like to imagine one of those is just Antarctica. It probably is. So it's they, they won't they won't send it to like Australia. They're like, no, nah, it's too much work. Antarctica, I can get there faster.
1: It's insane if you look at the numbers from from 2018. I think uh, all but like two of the members of uh, Canarchy are in the top 50. Like, and yeah. they're up there. They're not near the bottom of the list. Like, they are all cranking out great beer and selling a ton of it. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know if it's entirely thanks to The Collective,
2: but that certainly helped them. I mean, at the very least, being able to get your stuff in 50 states don't hurt. Yeah. Well, let's take this Voltron of craft beer apart piece by piece, and we'll talk about the breweries that make up The Collective, because resistance is futile. (laughs) Look, I just liked referring to it as The Collective. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... Well, Oscar Blues was founded by Dale Catches. Kachis? I, tra- I was thinking, it was like, cassadish No, because
1: my old boss's name was cassadish I'm like, no, K- I, I have no idea.
2: Say Caches. We'll just say
1: Dale. Refer to him as Dale. Dale. Cause again, no, the-
2: we can't call him Dale, because then all I can think of is King of the Hill.
1: Well, just think Dale, uh, Oscar Blues, Dale Paleo. That's Dale.
2: Right. Just think the Dale Pale in Lyons, Colorado, Oscar Blues. Bre- Sorry, I'm doing my best Dale impersonation from King of the Hill, and it's not great. Pocket Sands. Uh, anyway, uh, found in Lyons, Colorado, an Oscar Blues brewery uh, launched Craft Beer in a Can Apocalypse with their hand canned flagship Dale's Pale Ale. The way Cage's, uh success has played out in Lyons uh, is equal parts accident and inevitability. It was a fluke that brought him to Colorado in the first place, but once there, uh, his restless creativity and energy made it uh, made it all but assured that he would do something special. Uh, Dale and his wife had decided to move out west after graduating from Auburn University. The couple made a fateful decision to move to West River, Montana, uh, after seeing an article outside uh, in Outside Magazine about the outdoors lifestyle and mountain biking scene there. Uh, they loaded um, up the van and set out, but only made it as far as Boulder. Before they went, don't no one live in Wyoming. I ain't going there. I, I like Vermont. to think
1: it was a lot like um, from Christmas vacation when uh, when the cousin Eddie shows up and they're like, gas money, give out, in gurney. Uh,
2: well, once we realized that thousands of bucks uh, that we started with ran out in Boulder, uh, we said, you know what? We'd better get some jobs.
1: Yeah, when you run Uh, out of money and you're trying to make it to Montana. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You're only in Colorado. Yeah, you're still, still a good ways away.
2: Yeah, you're not close. Well, uh... Found jobs they did. So, Case has got two jobs in Boulder, working 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Madden Mountaineering, making high-tech custom backpacks, then riding his bike to his bartending gig at Old Chicago on Pearl Street, which started at 4 p.m. Nice and sweaty by the time he got there, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, ready ready to make those pizzas.
2: Uh, During his commute on the bike path, he occasionally uh, smelled the familiar aroma of brewing beer uh a home brewer in his college days, followed his nose to find the source. Follow Guy, your nose, <laughs> yeah. Guy named Gordon Knight, whose uh, High County uh, High Country Brewery uh, was on the cutting edge of the now wild, uh, widely popular big hopped beers. Can I just uh, say
1: real quick that I, it hit me today? I'm really missing the smell of being in a brewery right now. Just I want to smell the malt. I want to smell. I want to smell the mash. I'm just like oh, I, I want to smell it while I'm drinking a cold beer. It's so like Asheville, Asheville, did something to me.
2: Here's here's my recommendation: go get sushi, load up on some wasabi, clear out the sinuses first. Because <laughs> I, I I recently had sushi, and by recently I mean like 20 minutes ago, and put too much wasabi into a bite. Oh,
0: oh I can't eat I was wasabi.
2: Got, I was just there like oh, oh oh I can breathe through both nostrils. Oh, oh. <sighs>
0: I can barely do horseradish. Like, I I cannot do wasabi. I don't do I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah,
2: I don't do either. Daddy don't Uh, do either. Oh, but then once your nose is clear, then you go into that brewery and go... uh, Your nose turns into a giant uh, toucan beak, (laughs) and you just find your way to where you need to be. You follow your nose. Follow your nose. Uh... Anyway, uh, the two struck up a friendship that helped Kendall case its desire to do more brewing. Uh, but when he decided to start his own business in 1997, a brewery wasn't part of that picture. He always dreamed of opening up a restaurant brewing on the weekends, he said. And, uh, he and his wife maxed out four credit cards to start a southern style restaurant in Leon's, or Lyons, uh, north of Boulder, where they had just bought a house. Man, just up to their drowning up there's their, no there's no up to anything that, up to their hairline in debt
1: that debt is over their heads and they're looking up and they can barely see daylight through all that debt
2: <laughs> uh, Oof. Deep, deep deep in the under debt <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: uh, <laughs> i like that is horrifying to think about that much debt and you're like oh no we're going to make it and you're just like glug it, glug
2: it, it was the 90s. You could.
1: Yeah, yeah you could. Uh,
2: anyway, uh, Kasich named the, Osc- uh, the restaurant Oscar Blues after two friends he had met on a bike tour. Uh, Oscar and Old Blue. You're my boy, 90- Blue. you my boy. <laughs> In 1990s, uh, Cases turned his home brews into beers to serve on the tap at his restaurant, tr- transforming Oscar Blue's basement to the first incarnation of the brewery. Soon, people were coming to Leon uh, to Lyons just to sample the famous sale. I keep wanting to say Leon, and I'm like, that's, I don't think that's right.
0: Making it fancier than it needs to be.
2: <sighs> Look, I grew up in Kentucky. My desire is to make everything fancier than it needs to be, because we have Versailles. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to make up for for fair. sales in Louisville. Completely fair. Uh, anyway, with, uh people would come just to sample of famous ales, which had begun racking up awards. Knowing he was on to something, he decided to start packaging the beer to sell uh, at retailers. uh Kasich stayed true to his to the spirit of his anarchic innovations, and it became uh, came time to distri- uh, distribute his beers. Back in 2002, a small craft breweries always put their beers in bottles. Aluminum cans, meanwhile, were only used by the big boys uh, and were reviled by the beer Co- cognit. I don't know what that word is.
0: <laughs> you got me! Uh... Cognacenti? Cognacenti. I'm not saying it's it, it's a non-weird word. I'm just saying it looks like cognacenti. People-
2: cognoscenti, people who are considered especially well informed about a particular subject.
1: Oh well, see, we just improved all our vocabulary today.
2: We we haven't figured out how to pronounce it, but we
1: know what it means.
2: <laughs> uh, actually, uh... Google Cog- cognoscenti. Okay.
1: Uh... Do we want to back that whole thing up and try again with that cutout? No,
2: no. I like. I feel like we just leave that in. Okay. Uh, Kasich did, uh, did the unthinkable by putting his microbrews in cans, promoting a collective gl- gasp in the beer world. <gasps> someone properly protecting from light? How could they? <laughs> Besides the naysayers, the, uh, can experiment hit some rough patches in the early days when the beers were hand canned, uh, two at a time in an old barn across from the restaurant, restaurant, down by the river. <laughs> Uh, Oscar Blues had recently started shipping uh, to markets beyond Colorado when disaster struck. The crew was loading a huge truckload of beer bound for Georgia uh, cases. Remembers the amount of beer and the size of that truck could make or break our company. He said, as the last pallet is going out of the, uh, on the truck, I noticed one of the cans seams start are leaking. I looked to see if the other ones are leaking. It was 2000 cases of leaking cans. Forty thousand dollars worth oh. at a time when we weren't even selling forty thousand a month. That that hurts. Oh, but it, they caught it like they could
1: see it, and they he was able to
2: you know. They had to pull all their cans off the truck and destroy them, missing the shipment and infuriating the company's distributor. Uh, called call uh, called it a fetal position in your closet, crying, going what-have-I-done type of experience.
1: Oh, man, I cannot. The, he was just eating Tums. That's all. His diet was Tums from that point forward. That's, that's all he ate, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, was Tums.
2: Says, but we've grown by our screw-ups. Uh, after that, you can bet they had quality control measures to ensure that the cans were properly sealed. Uh, Today, Oscar Blues Breweries in Colorado, North Carolina, and Texas uh, featuring Dale's Pale Ale as the number three top-selling craft can six-pack at U.S. supermarkets. That seems very specific. (laughs) I mean, when you got the numbers. The number three top-selling craft can in six-packs at U.S. supermarkets. Not at liquor stores, but at supermarkets.
1: And uh, what was it we learned before about uh, the ranking of supermarkets in the sale of craft beer is actually pretty high.
2: Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's not. I just thought it was fu- like a very specific number three. It is. Anyway, Os- Oscar Blues is available nationwide in the U.S. and in over 20 countries. Mm, Can you and- name
1: 20 countries? <laughs> Let me sing through the Animaniacs song in my head. We're, I
2: said, we're from America, so probably not.
1: Um, another quick note on that one is uh, Oscar Blues coming soon. Or no, wasn't Oscar Blues, was it? I don't remember. I, look, I've been through a lot of breweries information, so I'll just pass on it. Uh, uh, the next brewery, which I wish there was more information about, I'm still infuriated, actually, that there's no more than like a tiny paragraph anywhere. Of actual information oh. about the next brewery.
2: Okay, can I can I at least, we could pad time there with how the name should be pronounced.
1: Are we just going to do the, oh, three, yes. three Weavers. Weavers. <laughs> so, yes, Three Weavers Brewing. Uh, three Weavers Brewing Company is an independent craft brewery with a mission to build a positive sense of community through the collective passion for craft beer. Founded by Lynn Weaver, In 2013, Three Weavers is one of the largest independent craft breweries in Los Angeles County. Talk about those weird, uh...
2: Yeah. (laughs) Although, I was also going to say, founded by Lynn Weavers (laughs) in 2013. And currently
1: expanding production and distribution on the West Coast, led by award-winning brewmaster Alexandra Noel. Uh, Three Weavers Craft Beers have received critical international acclaim, winning a World Beer Cup Gold Medal in 2016, a GABS Silver Medal in 2017, a European Beer Star Bronze in 2017, and the Australian International Beer Award's Best IPA and Champion International Beer in 2018. Three Weavers is proudly brewed in Inglewood, California. And that is all I can find in anywhere about them uh, I could you could find a few things from too far back like you can find things from like the year they opened but there's not really a whole lot about what they're up to it like it's not really talked about they have it was founded by and uh, presumably still run by uh, women Brewers and no one's really talking about it that was never brought up I,
2: anywhere I don't I don't ever see them anywhere. No, neither.
1: So I, uh, I don't think they get distribution a whole lot outside, like this far into the Midwest or East Coast. Which,
2: right? But you know, I'm just all I'm saying is, they're. Well, they only have the one location, but I like, like, they're part of this thing. You think they could be able to send some out this way? But some of we're these, probably not their main market.
1: Yeah, some of these uh, operations are relatively small, uh, especially when they joined. There's a few of these that were only in existence a very small handful of years before getting bought up and joining the collective.
2: Uh, Resistance was futile. It is. Uh, I had a moment where I had to stop and think. I was like, wait, Inglewood? Is that where? No, that is not where the O.J. Simpson murders took place. I don't remember. It could be. Uh, Brentwood. Ah, okay. I I, I looked it up because I was like, wait, is that right? Because if it is... I'm going to laugh real hard. but
1: All I remember is the thing from Pulp Fiction when they walk into the bar. And he's like, our man in Inglewood. Yeah. That, that's the only way I ever remember Inglewood. That or from, like, 90s rap references. I
0: was right. going to say, the, uh, the California song. Yeah. Tupac mentions it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. All right.
1: Uh, our next brewery is another one that we'd actually talked a little bit about in the news. Uh, this would have been last year, I think. It may have been pre-just... Before a news show, I, it, it's all fuzzy in my head. Deep Elm Brewing in 2011, Deep Elm Brewing Company set up shop in the, you guessed it, Deep Elm neighborhood of Dallas, Texas. The first craft brewery to open in Dallas in over a decade. Since I wasn't gonna
2: guess that at all. I didn't know that neighborhood existed.
1: <laughs> Since then, Deep Elm has become as well known for its innovative brewing and exceptional quality as it has for its healthy disdain for the status quo. Like, like the notorious neighborhood it calls home, the brewery is bold, fearless, and unapologetic.
2: Sorry, it, now that I know it's in Texas, I'm just picturing Alamo beer.
1: They're missing a real opportunity if they do not have that as a beer. Right. The, uh, so, like the notorious neighborhood it calls home, the brewery's uh The idea of blending in was never part of the plan, at the bar or on the shelf. Uh, upon the announcement of joining Canarchy, Deep Ellum took a lot of flack locally, but they were in a tight spot financially. Like, they took so much flack that when you try, I'll wait, I'll wait. Go ahead and uh, Google Deep Ellum Brewing history. J- just Google Deep Ellum Brewing and tell me what you get. You get like nine pages of angry articles about them selling out. That's effing all you get. You go to their website, they don't have crap about them. Like, there's nothing about them. They have, like, a blog page thing, which is just basically archived tweets.
2: Yeah, apparently people were not happy about them. uh, (laughs) People were pissed.
1: But if you dig into this about how screwed they had been... Oh, so, um, what led up to all this is, uh... They had initially, after initially agreeing to purchase a majority interest in fast-growing Deep Ellum Brewing, storied craft breweries. This is the story that we uh, talked about last year the year before. An upstart growth capital group backed out of the full investment, saying it had alter, right. altered its strategy in light of slowing craft growth trends. It was supposed to include a 56% stake in Deep Ellum and $8 million in growth capital, Instead, storied craft breweries only purchased twenty four point five percent of the company. That deep elm, and that left Deep Elm with just a million dollars to expand the business. In an interview uh, with um, Brewbound, uh, one of their founders said, uh, "It left me dog paddling. An expansion shouldn't take a year and a half to complete." So, yeah, they had already begun work, and then suddenly their capital's yanked out from under them. And the, the other person is like, yeah, we we gave you that much money and we can't get out of that. So we're still going to take just under a quarter of, you know, control of your company because we already gave you that much of the money to start this expansion. And uh, they're they're basically left holding the bill for this expansion. Like their whole tap room and breweries, like just half tore down, half, you know, something else. And uh, in the midst of all this, some of the article that didn't include it in, our script but it was just something that comes to mind they talk about in this position like because they are massively growing like there's a huge demand for their beer and they're not able to meet it so that's the reason obviously they're going for a bigger space to meet that demand while they're in this weird transition they were brewing 45 or 44 to 44 to, 44 to 45 times a week Jeez, that's
2: okay that's 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 actually kind of nuts Yeah, so
1: they had to something had to happen. So after that deal fell apart, Deep Elm turned to private loans to finish their expansions. But within a few months of the deal with Storied Craft Breweries, uh, they began talks with Oscar Blues and officially joined the collective in
2: 2018. I mean, well, I understand it's it. You know, people getting upset about someone selling out. They get to continue making their beer, which I assume is why they were doing this in the first place yeah so it was basically they were in a position they're one of those breweries they're in a position that look we
1: want to get more of this There's obviously the demand we want to make more beer and they start through the process to get all this going and then they get screwed by their first set of investors so they're like forget it we'll do it all through private loans and then realize oh crap <laughs> that's going to completely yeah. tank us and it's Kind of like a white knight that Oscar Blues came in here and was like hey let's let's get this get this burden off of you off of you get you
2: in business shipping beer. Oliver requires is your firstborn in the entire stake of your company <laughs> uh, well, but you get to continue making beer which is the important part.
1: yes uh, and they are to this day still uh, still in their nice little deep Ellum community. And deep, deep a lot of their, their beer yeah, a lot of their beer is being brewed off premises, but that's like distribution stuff. Yeah. So, uh, next brewery in our wonderful collective is a very well known one, especially in these parts, Perrin Brewing Company. Randy Perrin, co founder of Parent Brewing Company, uh, in twenty twelve with high ambition, after more than twenty years spent making souvenir clothing. The day we opened, we were the fifth largest brewery in the state of Michigan.
2: The day Michigan's, they opened. Michigan's not, not short on the number of breweries they have. Indeed. And we really didn't know what
1: we were doing, said James Haney, an engineer who worked at Parent Brewing Company, and doesn't drink beer.
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: Perrin uh, was with the brewery, like their founder, Randy Perrin, was with the brewery less than three years before it joined the collective in 2015. Uh, the preceding year, it brewed 12,000 barrels, seventh most in Michigan. In 2016, the brewery produced 23,500 barrels. And for Ooh. 2017, the goal was 30 to 40,000 barrels. Uh, helping fortify its position in about the top five of Michigan's more than three hundred brewers by volume, oh, oh my, S- starting out big and selling out relatively quickly, Perrin Brewing is an oddity among Michigan's largest craft breweries. Most of them have been making beer for at least a decade, and many are owned by longtime brewers uh, driven by passion for good beer. Randy Perrin in twenty twelve told M live. That he was a Bud Light drinker, and wanted to make beer that appealed to similar palates as well as craft beer drinkers. That's a
2: that's a hard needle of thread. Yeah,
1: he had he had the thought, let's make a local beer, that would compete against the big boys. That style and all that. Uh, this was from uh, Keith Klopic, president and co-owner of Parent Brewing Company. He built a beautiful brewery here, did a good job, but that wasn't really what craft's about. <laughs>
2: No, uh, this sounds like, uh, it, it, so my, my initial instinct when I hear all that is just feel like he was just heard, you know what? Brewing's a good gig. Yeah. It's really weird. People will buy you. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't in the game
1: very long before it happened. And as soon as the company was purchased, he would, he peaced out. Yeah. So, but they do make amazing, uh, amazing beer. If you can ever find it. It's gotten a little harder to find, but um, no rules. It's a Vietnamese cinnamon porter. Oh. They do, oh. and it has uh, Walter from the Big Lebowski. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you know the whole thing. You know, no rules. Talking about right. Nam and anyway, uh, no rules is an excellent beer if you're able to find it. I haven't had it in a couple years, but it has, oh every time I find it, it is delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but those are those are the smallest. Breweries involved in the collection. Oscar Blues.
0: No.
1: Well, uh, okay. It's... Parent
2: Deep Ellum, and
1: Three Weavers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can see. So, so the next
1: few, uh, the, or the next couple. Yeah, you're you're probably slightly familiar with.
0: Yes, indeed, uh, especially since we've discussed this next one quite a bit. Uh, we've the discussed beers. them,
1: and they are because they just got into our distro. Mm, yes.
2: Also, because they taunted me with a beer that I could never have again.
0: So, If that wasn't a giveaway uh, The next uh, place is Cigar City Makers of High IPA And Hunapu's Imperial Stout It was founded in 2009 By Joey Redner With the goal of creating world class beer That reflected the flavors and history Of the Tampa Bay region Tampa native Joey Redner Founded Cigar City Brewing I can't read anymore he found Cigar City Brewing in 2007 after holding a sales position with Dundon Dun Brewery, whatever that means, mm. uh, Florida's oldest microbrewery, and a beer writer position with the Tampa Bay Times. He hired what? Wayne...
2: How did I get that job?
0: Right? Yeah. He hired Wayne Wambles as his brewmaster in 2008, and the pair <laughs> brewed the first batch of Cigar City beer, a batch of Maduro Brown Ale, on tw- January 30th, 2009. Cigar City's head brewer, Wayne Wambles, grew up in a small Alabama town where craft, brew, craft beer was scarce. I'm sorry, Wayne Wambles just sounds like a comic book character. <laughs> it does. Uh,
1: not not a good comic
2: book. He's like a sidekick.
0: Yeah, easily. Uh, one day, no, no, no.
2: A, lit, a litter of names means you're either the love interest or the, main the hero of your... Or possibly villain.
0: Uh,
1: He's got to be like the, the shaggy or Scooby version then. Like the cowardly one. Oh, yeah. um, Wayne Wambles, come on Wambles. The Wambler
0: <laughs> um, One day A hurricane kept Wambles and a friend Inside for three days And they passed the time by, what else? Drinking beer and playing cards I says, I realized beer is really good <laughs> Well
2: We've no. got nothing to do, we're all out of water The Pipes don't work, we've got to find something to
0: Well, there's beer <laughs> um, Alright Redner borrowed $800,000 from his father and some other family members. Okay, can we Ooh, stop for a who's second? His dad has that yeah. much money. It says, and some other family members, but still.
2: Uh,
1: the the Wambles Empire, like, they must be into some stuff. I think they're super villains, is what it is. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, they, they, they founded uh, uh, Wham Corp. Uh, <laughs> they're trying to thwart Florida based superhero Florida Man.
0: <laughs> oh, God. That's not hard. Um, all right.
2: They leave little little tracks of meth throughout the streets of Florida <laughs> to
0: distract him from
2: doing any kind of good. And he goes, oh, meth!
0: jeez, Or bath salts. Oh, it's too good. Um, Alright, Cigar City proved popular with the locals and Redner was able to sell 1,000 barrels of beer in his first year of business. Since 2010, Cigar City has released Hunapu's Imperial Stout every March with a large beer festival to celebrate. Uh, Each year, over five thousand beer fans attend, and attend, and brewers from all over the world have poured their beer at the festival. Attending the, am I saying this right? By the way, Hunapu. Hunapus. Sure. Okay. Uh, Attending uh, the Hunapu's Day Festival is the only way to acquire bottles of this Imperial Stout. Uh, The adjunct-laden 11% ABV Stout gets its name from Mayan mythology. Hun poo was tricked and killed by the dark Lords of the underworld
1: I like to think of that like reading that I'm going no there's a reason they capitalized dark Lord
0: mm. mm-hmm.
1: I'm <laughs> thinking that might be some of the what they're they're playing with with this whole thing mm. because what's a competing yes. uh, over adjuncted Imperial staff with the festival.
2: festival. <laughs> does
1: does this beer taste of soy sauce? <laughs> no, no. Uh Hunipus is delicious. I mean Dark Lord's delicious if you give it a couple of years.
0: Right. Which shouldn't be a thing. Uh so um so yeah, Hun Hunapu, his corpse morphed into a cacao tree, obviously, which eventually right. impregnated a maiden who birthed his twins named Hunapu and Oh
2: Jit. But Bl- uh, I'm going let's, with, let's Blanc. Go with uh, Je Blanc.
0: Sure. Uh the hero twins avenged their father's death and became the moon and the sun. You know, That's like cool.
2: like happens. Like like you do. That's <laughs> I mean, how how else were you conceived?
0: And they eternally smelled great because they were from the cacao tree. Uh in two thousand
2: thirteen their <laughs> circumcision left left nibs. <laughs>
0: <inside>. Wow. <laughs> That's... Wow. Uh, <laughs> Too good. Sorry, I can't laugh right now. Uh, in 2013, Cigar City and restaurant group HMS Host debuted Cigar City Brewing in Tampa International Airport, the first craft brewery in a North American airport. You huh. said, yeah,
1: the craze was started by Cigar City. That's well, good like... Them. There's a lot of firsts on the breweries that are in the collective. Like, you have Oscar Blues with the first canned Cans. craft beer. You have... Cigar City doing the like what became a trend with the airport brewery restaurants.
0: Yeah. Um, So the uh, the operation was remodeled and relaunched in 2018 with two bars and an extended menu. The brewery includes a three barrel system with a special batch brewed each month that's only available on site. In addition to the Airside C Brew Pub, a second Cigar City tap room opened in Airside F in 2017 cigar Hmm. city brewing joined the collective in 2016 and has seen amazing growth they've released a report in october 2018 showing nearly 61 percent year-to-date growth making it the fastest growing brewery among the brewers association's top 50 craft labels its success is largely due to its positioning in the canarchy craft brewing collective uh, the 10th largest craft brewery in the country the brewery attributes its growth to an overhaul of packaging design, uh, the release of its ultra popular highlight IPA in twelve packs, as well as sixteen ounce cans, and the introduction introduction of a new year round offering oh
1: Guayabera. Guayabera. Guayabera
0: Citra Pale Ale.
1: More on that later.
0: Yes. And then um this the yeah, finally, uh, the One last we're familiar with. Yes, the last one's in the uh, Columbia I'm glad
2: someone is, because
0: I ain't heard of it. What? I don't think so. You've
1: had their beer. You've been. It. No, the next
0: one. Okay. You, you've been uh, to the uh, brew pub. Just... All right. Uh, so Wasatch and Squatters, um, Utah famous. Uh, so where's the beer? Oh. <laughs> it dawns okay. on him. Squatters Sorry, that, the, name
2: didn't, the name didn't stick with me.
0: <laughs> Apparently. Um, okay, so quote, where's the beer? Where are the breweries? Those were among the first thoughts Greg Scherf had after moving to Utah from Milwaukee in the early 80s. Look,
1: it's it's the <laughs> thought whenever you go to Utah now. <laughs>
0: mm, indeed.
1: Not a lot has yeah. changed.
2: Right, but just like the idea that he left Milwaukee in
1: yeah.
2: the 80s. Yeah. And went, let's head on down to... What is going on? They're just standing in the corner reading Bibles. What's going on here? Stop this. Drink right now.
1: There's no (laughs) spunky middle-aged women working in breweries here. What's
0: going on?
2: (sighs) How are you going to make it?
0: (laughs) Incredibly, drinking and brewing were all but forbidden. Greg took matters into his own hands and did what any self-respecting Midwesterner would do. He started a brewery. Wasatch... It's,
1: It's truly the only way.
0: Yeah. Wasatch was the very first brewery in Utah and one of the first craft brewers in all of the U.S., brewing, er, brewing award-winning brews since 1986.
1: Again, that's another like I keep wanting to hit this point that a, a lot of the breweries in the collective have been doing a lot of great things, and some of them for a really long
0: time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1988, Greg Scherf proposed another bill to the Utah Legislature, Making brew pubs legal in Utah and opened the first brew, prub, yeah, brew pub at the top of historic Main Street in the resort town of Park City. Hmm, where have we heard that? Uh, Wasatch continues to misbehave, <laughs> turning out naughty beer after naughty beer year after year. Yes. Wasatch now has an outpost in Salt Lake City and a pretty robust distribution of their ales covering a swath of states across the Rockies and the central U.S and venturing as far south as Texas and east as Louisiana
1: So um, if you listen to the our first episodes we uh, became associated with Wasatch uh, through the polygamy Porter
0: mm, at Nertacular right. yes, yes
1: the first time we went to Nertacular because it was that was pretty much the only you could get Sierra Nevada and Wasatch beers and they mm-hmm. had two Wasatch beers mm-hmm. and the polygamy Porter was the only dark beer. It was a good,
2: it was a really good porter, actually.
1: It was smoky. It was. Robust.
2: What I'm, what I like to think, though, is that when they say, like, these naughty, uh, whatever, I'm just picturing them going, like, finding ways around the, the, you know, percentage thing for their beer. Like, yeah. Putting a lid on top of your beer. Here, now it's a closed container. No. (laughs) So if you guys
1: remember when we were there, uh, last in Salt Lake, they had the, uh, Crowlers were the big thing that they were selling mm-hmm. to go, and they had a huge doppelbock that was like sixteen percent. And it's like people on the mountain were randomly stopping us to go. Oh, you gotta go get one of these things; it'll get you smashed. But it's uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm on a mountain, of course it will. Yeah, but it's so the names of a lot of them are their their beers. You've got the Evolution Amber Ale, which has a great label. The, the Devastator was the that doppelbock. Mm-hmm. You got the uh, Polygamy Porter. You got the Polygamy Nitro Porter. What else we got in here? black O'Lantern lantern Nitro. Well, not all the names are really... Oh, the the Snowbird Session IPA is now a thing. Like, they just Mm. straight up have a Snowbird beer. it's got a picture of one of the tram cars on it.
0: A Session IPA sitting at Snowbird would actually be... Just the best thing.
2: First one down, winter warmer.
0: I miss Snowbird, <laughs> is what I'm saying. I was
2: going to say, we drink that drink that session IPA on the way up the tram. Mm.
0: <laughs>
1: Ghost Rider white IPA. So, yeah. Uh, that's, I was about to explode when
2: you were like, you, you hadn't heard of these. I was like, we sat in their brew pub. <laughs> I No, when you said it, I was like, wait, did we? When? And it was slowly dawning on me. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's the uh, only
1: place you can get a beer above 4%. It's <laughs> true. Salt oh, yeah. Lake is in that brew pub.
2: Well, except for... Uh, well, you could get it at... Uh, at Uinta, Winta, if you didn't... But they had to You had to crack open their beer.
0: Yeah, you'd get a bottle, and then, yeah. Uh, people find ways around things. Um, in 2000, Wasatch Brewing uh, merged with Squatter's Craft Beers. Squatter's started during a business trip. Jeff, Polychronus and Peter Cole... Business partners long before Squatters Pub Brewery became to be had frequented brew pubs and noticed that they seemed to be the place to be a lot of, uh to, God, the place to be for a lot of locals. <laughs> so after a year-long pub crawl visiting more than forty brew pubs through the throughout the West and with a swill a swallow and many nights of appreciating great beer, they decided it was time that Salt Lake had a brew pub of its own. Squatter's Pub Brewery opened in downtown Salt Lake City on September 5th, 1989. By 1994, considerable demand existed for Squatter's beer from restaurants, hotels, bars, and resorts, which resulted in opening a production brewery to bottle and keg their brews. Jeff and Peter opened a second pub at Salt Lake City International Airport in 2002. As that well seems as-
2: after Cigar City opened up theirs.
0: Yes. Uh, as well as merge their microbrewery operations for draft and bottle production with Wasatch Brewery, uh, creating the Utah Brewers Cooperative. So they were part of another collective before this even happened, yeah, really. So
1: the cooperative joined the
2: collective.
0: Yes. Uh, a third It's squ- not how
2: it goes with a Borg at all. <laughs> I know.
0: Okay, I was the one who suggested the whole Borg thing, <laughs> like while he was writing it. I was like, eh, this is just the Borg. Um, a third squatter's location opened in Park City in 2006. Salt Lake Brewing Company now operates five brew pubs, a wine and ale house, and employs over 500 individuals. Combined, Squatters and Wasatch Beers have won more than 100 awards at national and international beer competitions, including the prestigious U.S. mid Brewery of the Year Award from the Brewers Association in 2010. The Utah- <laughs> Sorry, just a weird, it's a weird award. The U.S.
2: midsize brewery of the year.
0: It is, yeah, it's very specific. Uh, the Utah Craft Brewers Co-op joined the collective Borg in 2012. Resistance so, was futile.
1: So, to clear up any confusion about the airport thing, Cigar City opened an actual brewery at an airport, not just a restaurant that serves beer. Which is like <laughs> it, wasn't,
2: it wasn't just the Taco Bell cantina that sells beer.
1: Exactly. The, the, they brewed it. They brewed a specific beer on-site on a small pilot system. Whereas everywhere else just serves beer and food. They're like, no, nah, we're going to brew it here, too.
2: The, uh, <laughs> uh, the Taco Bell Cantina that brews beer.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. The, that uh, makes their own tequila. I don't know. They give you food poisoning. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. All right. Uh, on that note, let's slip into what we're drinking, since we had a lot of choices.
0: Drink with me, friend. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put my stuff in there in a minute, but I am drinking the... Oh, a, y- a, you've not put it in there yet. <laughs> uh, I'm holding a baby. <laughs> um, my arm is numb. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> 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 um, but I am drinking the uh, Selection from Oscar Blue's. And it is, um, <laughs> bless you, it's called Old Chub Scotch Ale. <laughs> she oh, had her choice.
1: She had her choice. She went for the Old Chub.
0: I mean, but it's pretty good. It's not the best Scotch Ale I've ever had, that's for sure. But it's pretty good. Um Yeah, I just wanted something like, for some reason I was leaning toward like, oh, we just ate, so therefore I have to have dessert. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like a slightly heavier option D- than the uh, IPA.
1: Dessert's on the way.
0: Oh, that's true. Well, either way, it's so either way. It, it's a pretty good scotch ale. Again, not the best one I've ever had by a long shot, but pretty good.
1: I All think right. uh, Bob beat us to some dessert there. I can I can oh. see it, what he's what he's <laughs> scribbled in.
0: I don't have anything. Hold on. Uh, it's 8% ABV. <sighs>
1: 8, it is. 8% ABV, she's saying for hers. Sorry.
2: Uh, also 8% for mine. Oh,
0: okay.
2: I was trying to find that somewhere because it didn't seem to be on the can anywhere. But anyway, uh, I you're doing a tasting in a minute, so I do not have. I decided not to drink something from the collective because I didn't happen to have it in the fridge. What I did have in the fridge mm. was some uh, salted maple 10W40 oh, from yeah. Highwire. Uh, it's an Imperial stout, it's at uh, about 8% ABV and. Has a beer advocate score of 3.81 out of five. That's out of seven total rankings.
1: <laughs> only seven people have rated it. It's not been out yeah. long. It's only been out a handful of weeks.
2: Yeah. Uh, still pretty new. Uh, I will say it is <sighs> I decadent. Wish all of your rich. Were, were quite this good. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's I, what I want to hear. Because
0: mm.
2: <sighs> it, has, it has that. Uh, you get the maple on the back end, but you get a little bit of like – because it's that that imperial stout. You're getting chocolate, but it's like, like <sighs> salted chocolate, like chocolate sea salt, that kind of – Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm picturing not- a brownie
1: with a good drizzling of caramel, and you can see the big, big salt flakes on the top.
2: Yeah, that's that's kind of what it makes me think of. Uh, But Mm. it's like you're using dark chocolate because it's nice and earthy. Again, it's an imperial style, but it's not just there to go. Hmm, you wanna wanna rub your tongue in some uh, some topsoil? No, Brittany's sitting there.
1: Brittany sitting there with a big hashtag lady boners.
2: (laughs) She's just there going. That's like
1: everything. Why, Why? Why not me? That's everything she's ever wanted.
2: Uh. No, it's, it's, it's pretty great. How about you, Chris? What have you been having? All right. Well, uh, I guess I teased it earlier. I am
1: having the Guayabera from Cigar City. It's a Citra Pale Ale. It's coming in at 5.5%. So your IBUs are 50. You know, middle of the road here. Uh, traditional throughout Latin America, the Guayabera shirt combines style, functionality, form, and tradition in its four-pocketed design. We at Cigar City Brewing feel the same reverence and appreciation for the Guayabera that we do for the Citra Hop varietal, an ingredient that imparts notes of tangerine, lime, and berries to its traditional American pale ale. The exclusive use of Citra Hops in this beer creates a flavor that at once uh, unique, recognizable, and its dry, crisp character and moderate alcohol make it all refreshing and functional as a crisp linen guayabera. So it has a Beer Advocate score of 4.07 out of 5. So that is pretty high rankings there. And it is mm-hmm. really good, refreshing. I I had seen it. I think they sell this in 15 packs. I understand why. You could, like, when it's hot out, if you're on, like, a summer camping trip or just spend a day out at the lake, you could buy... Uh, just a ton of these and just crush them oh good and citrusy nice light crisp refreshing very much so all right well you know what else might be refreshing i don't know how refreshing it's gonna be (laughs) but let's let's get into a tasting of uh something from the collective here so this is one of the few uh, canned barrel-aged stouts you can come across. <laughs> this is Oscar Blues Barrel-Aged Tim Fitty. Oh, let's crack these. Yeah, I like the uh, Oscar Blues puts their barrel-aged stuff, in. they call it the stovepipe cans. They're these big, thin cans. Like it's a regular 12 ounce can in its diameter, only it's like two cans tall. So instead of looking like the big uh, pint cans, which are big and fat, these are just stay nice and nice and thin. Oh, oh, that pours. Oh, that dark head.
2: Mm. I gotta wait because that that headed somewhat aggressively. So I'm like, all right, calm down.
1: That's what she said. Calm,
2: calm the hell down, beer. All right. Ship this one over. Mm. smells of barrel wow it's just it's
1: so dark <laughs> so impossibly dark oh.
2: smells oh. smells of barrel and booze
1: it does it smells super boozy oh yeah chocolatey some roasty coffee
2: i'm getting uh, maybe I'm just mashing boozy and whatnot, but like a, a, a or maybe it's the caramel and, and some of the other flavors, but like a, like a, like a almost more like, like a chocolate marshmallow yeah. kind of smell.
1: There's something mallowy definitely about it. I'm, mm. get,
0: I'm getting toffee.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
2: Mmm. That is, that is an entirely different world from, from the tin fitty. So the, the ten video is an entirely different world from the ten W forty. Like that man. is a there's, there's like a, a rich, smooth chocolate.
0: But it's like a smoky hint too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not like a not like smoke, but like a something was burnt in a good way. Like a yeah. roasty. Roasty. Yes, that's a word.
1: Uh. Is very much like roasted coffee and it, chocolate, and it's it's so thick and coats your tongue, but not in a like cloying way.
0: Mm-mm. And it's, it's not too sweet. Which, Usually barrel aged stuff is starting to turn me off lately because it's so sweet from the like a bourbon barrel.
2: No, Brittany, you barrel all the things. Well, well we're, some... we're 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 gonna get our barrel aged seltzer from Founders.
0: <laughs> okay, yes,
2: but um, I think you're hitting it
1: with the the toffee, like that toffee note cuts through. Like all the harsh sweetness really well. Yeah. No, it's delicious. And um That's fantastic. This is my f- the first beer I ever had from Oscar Blues was the Barrel aged Tin Fitty.
0: Well that's starting off strong, enough And
1: I've still only yeah. ever had three beers from Oscar Blues. Uh Barrel aged Ten Fiddy, uh Death by Coconut, and the Hot Box
2: Coffee Porter.
1: Hmm.
2: I've had Death by Coconut, which which I am a fan of. Yes. That sounds uh, fine.
1: It's this, death by coconut. This is death by
2: barrel and chocolate. <laughs> like, this this one was brought to me by Jim, wasn't it? Like him. It was. Like going out of his way to go. No, Bob. You have this now, and I went. Yes, I do.
1: It's it is amazing. Like the first time I had it, uh, I had it on draft, and I was just like, oh. It was it was at um um dark charge day, the very first dark charge day oh, they did.
0: That makes sense. Oh.
2: I, wow, I forgot that was on, sorry, Dark Charge Day for me was all about, it might have been like the first or second time I was at Braxton, so oh, it was all sick. about me just trying to figure out that place, <laughs> and and envisioning their future with uh, seltzers.
1: Yes, so uh, we weren't talking a whole lot about it, so the barrel-aged ten fifty, fitting obviously uh, it's a barrel-aged Imperial Stout coming at 12.9%, uh, 75 IBUs, kind of high on your IBUs, uh, the brew Association why well, do I always say that? The Bruce uh, I, I do the same thing. Beer Advocate score of four point four seven out of five, so it is pretty high. Um, a, a lot of people give it the give it two thumbs way up. Aged mm-hmm. through four seasons and from a blend of the top bourbons around, this ten fifty has morphed into a monster of cranked up flavor espresso burnt sugar rich chocolate caramel notes are now driving alongside the vanilla oak bourbon from the barrel has uh, been smoothed out during maturation all I can't can't agree
2: more with all of that which, sorry which four seasons Vivaldi or uh uh Frankie Valley? neither the actual oh. seasons oh okay <sighs> Wow, I went I went deep for that joke. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no. That I kept kind of like glancing at that as we were doing our tasting, like our the little write up we've got for it, and I was like, Bert Like when Brittany was "Like tastes like like something burnt in a good way," I was like, "That, that burnt sugar."
1: Yeah, and she wasn't really looking. Like in case you're one anyone wondering, she had to oh, yeah, get up and no. leave to deal with the baby. She kept looking at the baby. She was not looking ahead at the tasting notes. So it's like she's just basically naming the tasting notes, and it's like hitting them all dead on. Again, Casey. Mm-hmm. I think Casey was right when he named Brittany a super taster.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I remember that day. She she bent the knee in front of him. He pulled out his uh, <laughs> his uh, whoa, whoa 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 whoa. Where are we going with this? Wort wand. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dubbed her super taster. All right. Well, uh, to uh, the order to the order named her to the order of super tasters.
1: Yes. Well, I think it's going to do it uh, for us talking about the Canarchy. Can Collective, uh, good good uh, good beers to be had from them. Kind of mm. like what's happening there. It was kind of I don't know shaky ground at first, and we're hearing about you know these companies buying up all these craft breweries. But when you dig in and find out, it, you know there was Ed, another craft brewery involved with the founding of all of this and helping one yeah, show, it,
2: it makes you it makes you go, well, at least it's not AB and Biff. <laughs> Pretty much. <sighs> All right. All right, well, if that does it for us, then you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, you can also have a drink show on social media and Twitch. And uh, yeah, you can tell us your favorite drink or ask a general question. Uh, you can use, uh, you know, just general feedback works too. Uh, you can do that at email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com or you can use the feedback page on the website where you'll find our store. You can find nice merch like hats and shirts. They're there. They're there, and they're nice. And
1: I still feel they're bad because me and Brittany have yet to get our own. <laughs> like, I'm,
2: I'm wearing mine now, and I feel comfy and uh, fulfilled personally. <laughs> does it does it fill that hole deep inside you? I mean, nothing truly fills it, but this at least covers it up. <laughs> it's a nice tarp over it.
1: <laughs> All right. All joking fun aside, like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. And you guys can I would say check us out next week, but it's up in the air as to whether or not there's a show next week because we're still homeless.
2: So I don't
1: know. unless uh, we
2: get an overwhelming list of people that say no, Bob can do the show by himself. Yeah, yeah. Leave right in then. Right in. Let
1: us know if you think uh, it should
2: just be the Bob
1: show. He'll he'll one man it. But you can check us out here next time and remember to check out patreon.com slash have a drink. Show. Uh, remember, once again, that was Brittany Walker.
2: I'm Justin Frazier.
1: And I'm Christopher Walker, and we'll see you guys next time. Oh. Bye. Looking for those flabby pickle.